We celebrated Thanksgiving in Canada over a month ago, first Monday in October. And so, usually, at this time of the year, I'm not thinking at all about Thanksgiving. Except for the fact that I know most of our listeners are in the United States, and all the networks that air the Salt and Light Hour are in the United States, so it can't be ignored. I remember last year, at this time, also, for some reason, I became very aware of this holiday in the United States. At the time, I had heard about an event called Christmas Begins at Thanksgiving. Even though it's a neat idea, I find it sort of problematic at some level, mainly because it eclipses Advent. And I am a big proponent of celebrating Advent and not celebrating Christmas until, well, until Christmas. However, that idea that Christmas begins at Thanksgiving is not entirely a bad one. I mean, we are a Eucharistic people. We are a Eucharistic people because of Christ. Eucharist is a word that means Thanksgiving. So as Christians, we are a Thanksgiving people. We have so much to be grateful for, even in the midst of suffering, in the midst of terrorism and war, in the midst of poverty and sickness. That's one of the reasons why we gather every Sunday at Mass, to give thanks. And perhaps the one thing we are most grateful for is that God became a human being. God is not far away on, on some cloud. He is very much here. What God would become a finite and mortal human being? Our God, the God who is Emmanuel, God with us. The God who gives himself totally and completely in obedient sacrifice so that we can one day go to heaven to be with him. That's Christmas. That's Eucharist. That's Thanksgiving. So, to all our listeners in the United States, happy Thanksgiving. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, I'm Deacon Pedro, and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. On the show today, Mark Matthews returns to tell us what's good in Hollywood. He's got a good story to tell us and also some good news, so you don't want to miss that. That's in about 10 minutes, right after our news with Emily Callan. And today on Connect 5, Sebastian Gomes speaks with Stephen Colbert. Yep. That's the comedian, host of CBS's The Late Show. They speak about Pope Francis, politics, and faith. That's a very fun interview, so I hope that you can stick around for that. And Pope Francis arrived in Eastern Africa last Wednesday, and so in our second half hour, we will be speaking with Father Zachary King Aru, a Kenyan priest who will tell us about his country and what it means to have Pope Francis visiting. We will end the program with a conversation with Michael Marion. I met Michael many years ago when we used to do a Catholic coffee house. He now has some re new recordings and is embarking on a new project. So it's a good excuse to have him on the show. So here we go. Let's begin with a song. Here's uh, Michael Marion with uh, one of his new singles, Can You Feel the Love? She knows all the colors of the subway stations. She knows all the places downtown She never gets caught in complications She's got the grace, she just Blesses you on your way and moves along And he's the master of the art of persuasion He's a craftsman, a scholar and monk Together they're the cause of this celebration 
Michael Marion with Can You Feel the Love? And we're going to be speaking with Michael Marion in our second half hour. But first, here's Emily with our news. So the Holy Father, Pope Francis, is in Africa. Yeah. Historic. Yes. Yes, it is historic. It's his first time mm-hmm. in in Africa. And so he um, he's visiting three countries in total right. this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he started in Kenya on Wednesday. Yes. So he arrived uh, in the afternoon on Wednesday met with the president and yes. and also another thing that he did was he met with um with young people right which is one of his highlights he does actually. that he likes he, to do he that. does yes. he yes. does like to meet with the young people yes um he also and he he landed already in Uganda okay which is the second country that, right. that he's visiting so that was on Friday right? yes yeah. yes and tomorrow uh-huh. it will be Central Africa okay are there do you have any details any highlights as to what I mean I know that he's doing a lot of what he does always, he meets with bishops and he meets with seminarians and yeah, priests and religious. Yeah, kind of the typical, the typical, the typical and, meetings. And as yeah. you said, he met with the youth um, yeah. and he likes to go to a, a, a slum. I mm-hmm. believe, you know, he does not doing that in all the countries. But is he doing anything unusual um, or that's different? Um, unusual. Well, actually, um, today one of the one of the highlights is that he will be giving a speech um, from the uh, the um, the seat of the United oh. Nations. Okay, that yeah. is unusual. Yeah. yeah, and so he'll be speaking on ecology and right. pulling things out from his Laudato yes. Si encyclical, Good. and yeah. it's actually something that he mentioned in his opening speech on Wednesday when he yeah. arrived in Kenya uh-huh. and talking about the richness and the beauty of Africa and how yeah. this is something that 
needs to be upheld and um, well it's interesting because because it's also i mean that part of the world is poor mm. and so how our care for the environment also translates to the care for the poor i guess it's part of well, his message, that's exactly right? what he said he said yeah. that in order to renew humanity we need mm. to have a renewed love of nature and so this comes with respecting the human person right. um for Very example yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, that is unusual. He doesn't usually go to a country and then go to the UN office, right. the local UN office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Now, tell me something. This morning in uh, Uganda, he went. He was at a martyr's shrine. Yeah, and so um, this is the um, the Ugandan martyrs. Um, they're celebrating actually. Um, we're celebrating their fifth, the 50th anniversary of their canonization. They were canonized okay. by Pope Paul VI in 1964. That's right. And uh, and these are Anglican and it's an Anglican and Catholic um, shrine. Interesting. So that's different too. Yeah, which is this is also a big part of his trip is is to build these bridges between the Christian communities in Africa. Right. Um, okay. Because we we are assuming that most of these countries, the majority of the population is not Catholic. No, exactly. Actually, less than half. I right. mean, thirty percent in most of these countries yeah. is Catholic. Yeah. And the rest is either. Um, other Christians. A Muslim, yeah, yeah or, or, Muslim, or yeah. other Christians, exactly. Yeah, yeah. in fact, we're going to be speaking with a Kenyan priest later on in the program, Father Zachary uh, Kingaru, and uh, we're going to ask him about that. I'm going to ask him about, uh, you know, how many Catholics, because I believe the president of Kenya is Catholic. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so so uh, anything else uh, about, you know, he's going to be tomorrow at the Central African Republic, which I don't believe, I think Pope John Paul II went there, but I don't... Um, that's yeah, not so, a country we hear a lot about. Right. And actually, one of the first things that he's going to be doing once he is in Central Africa. Uh, um, yeah, the Central African Republic. Yes, yes exactly. Thank I you. I have it in French. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes, Centrafricaine. Yes, I know. Um, But yeah, is to visit a refugee camp. And this is actually something that's, that's different. very significant because, um, well, first of all, there was a lot of fear regarding the security of the Pope yes. um, during his visit in Central African Republic. Yes, C-A-R. Yes, yes. C-A-R. Maybe shortening yes. it will make yes. it easier for me. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so and so, going to this camp is actually, yeah, it's very important for the Pope, very important for the people as well who are suffering through a lot of turmoil and, and civil right. civil. Um, instability. Instability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a, there are refugees who are or people who are being displaced within the country, uh-huh. um, fleeing these zones of, of conflict, and wow. they're all along the borders. And so, for him to be to be going there is is a very powerful message. So, so so dangerous. I mean, it's Saturday right now, and I'm thinking maybe that trip may get canceled. Still, I guess I'm hoping that it's not. Oh, we haven't heard anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Um. He's meeting with Muslims as well at a mosque, isn't he? Yes, exactly. Which was another another point of yeah. um, of fear. Yeah, um, of but uh, but he's very intent on going, and um, and ev- and the Muslim community is is welcoming him and very happy to to have him yes. um, meet them. So this is again a very important step, a historical yeah. moment um, that that we'll see in the Pope's trip. Absolutely, very cool. It, I, it's. Wasn't he just in the United States? It's amazing that I, you know, he's yeah. already in another apostolic journey. I guess um, it's just nonstop for him. Yeah, <laughs> keeping himself busy, and it'll be Christmas before we know it. Yes. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Pedro. Thank you for that update. Um, you can tune in to our daily perspectives updates in English, French, Chinese, and Italian at saltandlighttv.org, and that's also where you'll get the best coverage of the Pope's visit to Africa. 
So thank you to Emily. Hi, this is Matt Marr. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour every week on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129, on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network, on Holy Family Radio in Ohio, on the Lamb Catholic Radio, on the Barriga Radio Network in Northern Michigan, on Relevant Radio, on the Internet at saltandlighttv.org, and also on your Roku. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Hello, Pedro. How are you doing? Mark, good. Very good. Thank you. And you? I'm very well. You know, I was just thinking, Pedro, did I ever tell you the story about the time that I met a pornography producer? No. <laughs> okay, no, but you're going to tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, good. It was actually good. really interesting. Yes. So the first thing was, it was a woman, surprisingly enough. Wow. Um, I was at a friend of a friend's birthday party, and I was at, you know, making small talk, asking people. I'm like, oh, so what do you do for a living? Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, I'm a porn producer. What? Cute, a shocked look on my face. And she's like, oh, 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 it's good. You know, the women only do it for a few years, you know, and, um, you know, it's it's all very organized and... Um, you know, and, and it's very empowering for them. And besides, who doesn't like porn? And I said, I'm like, well, I don't look porn. Uh-huh. Uh, to which she kind of gave a bit of an incredulous look. And uh, I was going, I was praying. I'm like, God, I'm like, wow, what do I say? I'm yeah. like, oh, should I challenge her on this or what? And I was just drawing a blank. So I just kind of made, you know, small talk and asked her about the industry and how people get into it and why they do and if yeah. they get out of it and whatnot. And it wasn't until another friend came over and she introduced me as, oh, this is Mark, and he doesn't like porn. <laughs> Which, <laughs> she goes, oh, well, why is that? And by that time, finally, I, in my mind, I said, well, I have to realize that every porn actor is someone else's, you know, son or daughter. And odds are that probably no one wants their son or daughter to grow up to be a porn actor or actress. Huh. Yeah. And interestingly enough, this is one of the points that the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops make in a new document that they just released called Create in Me a Clean Heart. It's uh, one of their, uh, it's it's a, not, not officially an encyclical, but a document yeah. basically addressing the issue of pornography. Okay, so this is a new pastoral letter because I haven't heard of it. Is it. Did it just come out? It, like, literally just came out, probably, oh, like, okay, you know, this week. I think a couple days ago. Like, okay, so I don't feel so bad of not being in the loop, but this is good, important. Okay, so the USCCB just put out a, a pastoral letter, I guess, on... Yes, called Create in Me a Clean Heart. A Clean Heart. Create in Me a Clean Heart. A pastoral yes. response to pornography. Beautiful. So, what does it say? So, it, it has lots of things in it. So, first of all is just the fact that it exists. Yes. Um, I've heard from so many priests that this is becoming the pastoral problem of our age, so really? I think it's very timely and appropriate that they would release this document. Really? Um, the next thing that I really like about it is basically how hopeful and how pastoral it is. You read in it, it says, freedom from pornography is possible. No one needs to fight this battle alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they're very up-to-date. They They note the changing times. They say... Uh, you know, video games, music lyrics, music videos, clothing, even costumes have become progressively more sexualized, including content targeted to children and adolescents. 
And uh, they point out that pornography feeds into, it's basically that it's the root cause of a lot of sins, mm-hmm. but it feeds into the, the throwaway culture that Pope Francis has talked about, yes. where people and things are, are used and just discarded. Right. Yeah. And so uh, you might ask the question, well, why? You yeah. know, why has pornography become such an issue? And they correctly point out that it's the rise of the Internet and the pre- prevalence of mobile devices. Mm-hmm. You know, you've literally got a... a pornography-presenting device, you know, that you carry around with you in your pocket every day. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is something that I've, again, have heard echoed from priests for, for quite a while now. Yes. Um, yeah. But they're very, very, very hopeful. They, they point out, they say, Christ is our hope. Many good people struggle with this sin. You are not alone. There is always hope. Mm-hmm. And they say that the Church is to be a field hospital. Uh, and I really like that, because field hospital is like, no, you don't wait for people to come in. A field hospital means like, oh, you're out there in the battle, yes. you know, really, really helping people uh, along. Mm-hmm. And so they present uh, lots of, uh, well, uh, lots of great wisdom for how to respond to this. Um, and so they talk about all the various things you can do. Uh, most importantly, be patient, persevere, do not be discouraged, seek, seek the sacrament of penance. Yeah. counseling support groups, but they also have an ongoing list of resources, which is at usccb.org slash cleanheart. So you can go there right now, and they've got a whole bunch of articles there and, you know, links to, uh, you know, different internet blocking programs and all sorts of things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, they tell parents, they say, be vigilant about the technology that you allow into your home. Uh, and importantly, pray, and they note that St. Joseph was a righteous man and a powerful intercessor, especially to men. So uh, I, I, I highly recommend um, anyone who might be struggling uh, with this issue, uh, which, as they statistically point out, is probably everyone, um, is check out this document. They've got a lot of great wisdom in there. Yeah, wow. Uh, you kind of left me, not completely speechless, but it's just such, um, I'm, it's such a serious issue. So usccb.org slash clean heart. The document Correct. is call, called Create in Me a Clean Heart, a Pastoral Response to Pornography. Um, I'm just going to quickly make reference to what you spoke about uh, last time because you run a men's group. So this is, again, yes. highlighting the fact that it's important that we, because you, I mean, you might not go up to somebody and ask them, you know, uh, how's your pornography addiction? But I mean, <laughs> when people don't talk about these these things, we do need to recognize that it can be an addiction. And it doesn't mean that you're going to porn sites. I think that even just having Facebook at the tip or Instagram at the tip of your mobile device and, and friends are posting photos of themselves on the beach and bikinis, that can feed into this this uh maybe not quite as much um, this throwaway mentality but it is very much that we're looking at a picture and and thinking well, certain things or or or, or, ter- or viewing the person the term, as an object yeah the term that they use is uh it encourages the pornographic gaze yes. so yeah you could be looking at something you know that isn't necessarily pornographic but you've got that sort of consumption mentality in your mind Yes. When you're looking at it, yes, absolutely. Okay, so this is very good. Um, I'm glad you had you live in Hollywood and you had the chance to meet a a pornography producer. Uh, interesting. And uh, next time you should just have a little booklet, the little pamphlet in your in your in your pocket, <laughs> so that when you meet her again, you can say, "Have I told you about this document?" Yes, <laughs> and I'll whip it out and I'll give it to her, and <laughs> exactly. she'll be converted on the spot. On the spot. Okay, so create in me a clean heart from the USCCB USCCB.org/slash/cleanheart. Mark Matthews our Hollywood undercover missionary. Thank you for that undercover work, my friend. Yes, always.
always good to talk to you, Pedro. There you go. Something good happening, not just in Hollywood, but all over the United States and all over the world now through this program. With Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary, you can follow him on Twitter, HUMissionary. Hi, this is Megs, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. How are you going to spend the next five minutes of your time? How about listening in, meeting a fascinating person, and learning something relevant that will broaden your perspective? Sit down with Sebastian Gomes and go straight to the heart of the matter. Here's Connect 5. Today, Sebastian Gomes speaks with Stephen Colbert, host of CBS's The Late Show. They discuss Pope Francis' visit to the United States. You are the most famous Catholic in America. Sure. Are you are you worried? I'll tell Timothy Dolan you said so. <laughs> are you worried about being surpassed when Pope Francis lands on US soil? I uh, listen, I don't know if it's possible to mark my territory in any dignified way. <laughs> but I'll just say how but I'll be the I'll be the most famous Catholic in comedy. I'll I'll keep it I'll keep it at that. He can have everything else. There you go. What do you actually expect from Pope Francis? He'll be here shortly. Giant crowds. That's <laughs> what I expect. Giant crowds. Uh, cra- I hope he crowd surfs. <laughs> With crook and miter. We should go. We'll help Exactly. That would be fantastic. He's going to address a joint session of Congress. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how do I ask Francis. this question? What, what do you think the message that Congress needs the most to hear from him? Uh, the corrupting influence of money in politics because it reinforces not looking out for the poorest or the least of my brothers. I, I think that's the one they need to hear the most because until you can control the money, you won't control the message of Congress. And so you, you won't get action from Congress that looks out for average people. One of the things I learned from working on, uh, I had a super PAC for a couple of years, a political Whatever happened committee. to all that money? Well, good luck finding out. <laughs> we, 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 we've invited journalists to try to figure out if, if they can find a paper trail for Salt what happened to that money. Salt and investigative report. Please. You'd be the first journalist who tried to find out what happened to my money. We sort of have a long history in the church, especially at the Vatican, with you know, financial wheelings and dealings. That, it's all in the print. Vatican Bank. <laughs> it's safe, I'm sure. Sticking with religion and politics, All how right. do you balance being a person of faith and also being an informed citizen, someone who's active in the political sphere? Someone That's interesting. Who can... uh, I don't think there's a need to balance that. I think that uh, in A Man for All Seasons, uh, uh, Thomas More says that those who have been in their personal faith for their public duties uh, lead their country on a short road to chaos. Um, because what do we have to inform our public policies other than our own conscience? Church and state have to be separated, but faith and politics don't have to be separated. Um, but I, I do think that faith doesn't necessarily have to be taken out of politics, but politics has to be taken out of faith. The greater danger is that, say, a political party associates themselves or a religion associates themselves with a political party. It's, it's perceived of in the United States that the right is the more Christian party. Right. But in any given election, if the right doesn't do well, well, did Christ not do well? You've poured that infection uh, of competition into the eternal world of, of the gospel. And it's not that 
faith is going to destroy politics. Politics could destroy your faith. Yeah, great point. Much more important question. What's your favorite knock-knock joke? Oh, 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 uh, great. Uh, say, send a knock-knock. Knock-knock. Who's there? <laughs> That's my favorite knock-knock. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I'm a jerk. <laughs> there you go. Okay, one more question. Um, do you remember the time that you made somebody laugh the hardest? <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry, I don't. The, 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 the times that I've made people laugh the hardest that mean the most to me, I don't know maybe the hardest I've made people laugh, that have, but that, that have meant the most to me is to make uh, my wife or my kids, you know, or a member of my family laugh, especially if they're not feeling great. You know, uh, my, my, my family at times will go, not now, Dad. <laughs> not now. And I'll go, don't worry, I don't, I, I promise I'm not trying to make you feel any better. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to lighten this moment at all. Dad, no. <laughs> I used to love to make my mom laugh when, when I was a kid. So it's making her laugh was some of my, my greatest scores ever when I was a boy. That was Sebastian Gomes speaking with Stephen Colbert. You can watch this and more interviews at saltandlighttv.org slash connect5 and also on our Roku channel. Coming up in our second half hour, the Pope in Africa, and we meet singer-songwriter Michael Marion, so stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Last Wednesday, Pope Francis arrived in Nairobi, Kenya, for his first apostolic visit to that country. The trip is part of a three-nation journey that includes Kenya, Uganda, and the Central African Republic. The first pope to travel to Africa was Paul VI, who went to Uganda in 1969. Pope John Paul II also visited Kenya in 1980 and again in 1985, when he also visited the Central African Republic. He visited Uganda in 1993 and returned to Kenya in 1995. Now, Pope Francis has been busy in Kenya and Uganda, as we heard from Emily earlier in the program. Um, tomorrow, he goes to the Central African Republic, where he will do a lot, of, a lot of the same things, including a visit to a refugee camp and meeting with the Muslim community at a mosque. He returns to Rome on Monday afternoon. But what is the purpose of this visit, and what does it mean for the people of those countries? To shed some light, earlier this week, I spoke with Father Zachary King-Aru, a consolata missionary from Kenya. Father Zachary, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you. So, um, I think that a lot of our listeners are not very familiar with Kenya. They're not familiar with uh, Eastern Africa. So, tell me a bit yes. about your country. Tell me about Kenya. Kenya is a country in East Africa, which borders with the eastern side, Indian Ocean, uh -huh. then Somalia. Then in the north, we have Ethiopia and Sudan. Western side, we have Uganda. And Southwest, there is Tanzania. 
Kenya has a population of about 40, 40 million. Mm-hmm. Yes. 44 million. So is it, compared to other African nations in that region, is it a fairly large country in terms of population? Yes, that, that's the, the East African. It forms the East African, uh, East African countries. And uh, we have the common language, especially in Tanzania and Kenya, which is Kiswahili. Swahili. That's the national language. Right. And, and uh, of course, Uganda sometimes they, they speak, but not, not as Kenya and Uganda. Right. And Kenya was a colony of, uh, of British until 1963 when we got independent. R- sorry, what year? 1963. 1963, you were, got your yes. independence from... Independent from the British. From the British. Um, yes. Is it, would you say it's mostly a Christian country? A Christians, yes. Christians, that is Catholics and the Protestants. They form about 60, 66%. 60%. Yeah, around 60%. Because okay. Catholics, they are about that percent. 30%. Yeah, that, about that percent. Now, I, he- I heard that your president is also a baptized Catholic. Our president is a baptized Catholic, a practicing Catholic. Good. good. Yes. Um, so what- and also, he's, because he's, uh, the mother of the president is a very strong Catholic. The mother of the president is a very strong Catholic. Is yes, she's still alive. Okay, and is the he... previous president was also a cons- uh, was also a Catholic. Okay, that is President Kibaki. Okay, and this yes. the president that you have right now. He he's been recently elected, right? He was elected on that on that of uh, March. 19, uh, 2013. Okay. And the next election will be 2017. Okay, and what are the politics like in your country? The politics, uh, we have the, the democratic politics. Okay, so it's a democracy, but... Some... It's a democracy. <laughs> we have the, the many parties, political parties. Yes. And uh, strong, of course, uh, there is a strong... Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, this opposition, right? And and yes. and even though it's a democracy, I know a lot of countries they they're supposedly democracies, but of course they don't function. There's there's also poli- po- quote unquote politics. So is that in happening? my country it functions? Uh huh. Especially this uh, present with the new constitution, which was. Uh, uh, about five years ago or six years ago, when we got the new constitution, uh-huh. uh, so at present we are we are putting in practice the, the new constitution, and that's working well. Yes, it's working. Anyway, we are still uh, implementing. Right, you're still implementing now. Did, yes. Before the last two presidents, did you go through a period? Maybe after the British left, did you go through a period of 
of of uh, rebellion or or dis disarray political turmoil? Well, they, it was two thousand seven. Uh huh. After the the election. Yes. The opposition refused the the results. Right. And there was a kind of uh, crash. Right. Which uh, which lasted about about one month. Okay. And yeah. so about 1,300 people died, and there were others who were displaced. Okay. Yes. And um, is, there a large, is there a large Muslim population in Kenya? It's about 35%. 35%. Allowed, allowed it at 5%. So it's about the But same what as... What I would say... Yes. The Christians and the Muslims... Live well together. Okay. We don't have conflict. Okay. That means even today, as Popo have uh, has arrived. Yes. There are even delegation delegates from uh, different places who have gone to see the Pope. Yes. From Muslims. Yes. 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 So we collaborate well because you find that there are some homes where there is a Catholic. Yes, a Protestant and a Muslim in the same family. Yes, well, that's yes. that's good because that is not the case in other countries in Africa. No, no. Um, do, what? So, what you hear about uh, these people that the attack? Yes, those are the people, the terrorists who comes uh, from Somalia. Okay, because we have the Somalia who are Kenyans. Right, but uh, we don't believe that if they are Muslims. Okay. Those are terrorists. Yes, of course. They they say that they're Muslim, but they're not really Muslim because they're terrorists. Yes. It's only that they they wanted to re, re, uh, to make some uh, some people uh, feel feel that they are Muslims against Christians. Right. Now, but when there is attack, there are also the Muslim leaders who condemn it. Right. And they go together with with the Christians. Right. Of course. Y yes. Now the the um you've had other popes. I know Pope John Paul II was in Kenya a few times. Yes. Um what is the significance do you think for your country that Pope Francis wants to go there and that he he has visited? Well, the before Pope uh, John Paul II Saint Saint John Paul II went to three times. Yes. Uh 2000 No, sorry. 1985. Yes. 1980 was there. Yes. And 1995. Yes. Now, as uh, this pope, you had planned to go to Africa, mm -hmm. and the bishops when they went to, to the Adminina, yes, to Vatican, they they proposed to him. And the country being important, there is, uh, I think, they important because of stability, of economical stability. Yes. And the political stability. Right. That made of, of make Kenya to be important the entrance to the even. The, you see, even uh, Obama was there this year. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that, that's why I think that Kenya is uh, those those two reasons I have mentioned. Right. Make 
people to to feel that to visit Kenya is is important. Is important. And why? What is yeah, your to, to go to Africa? What is your hope then for the people of Kenya, and I guess for Eastern Africa, maybe even the whole continent, but to have Pope Francis mm-hmm. visit? What is what do you hope is going to come out of this visit? This visit is has two several things. One is Pope is a sign of hope. Yes. So he carries the message of hope. Yes. And uh, unity. Yes. And for us, the Catholics, uh, we would say that is uh, also is a, like a promotion of the vocations, uh, vocations of the religious pro- okay. uh, religious priests and uh, and the religious uh, religious communities. Right. Yes, but mostly for uh, peace and unity. Right. Yes. And, and that's very much needed in that region. Yeah, in the region, especially the regions where where there's attacks here and there, you see like like uh, this uh, Nigeria. There are also these Boko Haram. Yes. So oh, it's not yes. only in Kenya. So him is going to Kenya. Uh, to Kenya, is taking the message of peace and the hope to the whole uh, to the whole continent. Right. Well, we, yes. we are watching very closely, and I think it's great that, that the world now is, is, has his attention in yes. your country and in that part of the world. Father Zachary, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time today to speak to us. Okay. Take care. God bless. Thank you. That was a conversation I had with Kenyan Consolata missionary Father Zachary Kingaru earlier this week. For full coverage of Pope Francis's trip to Kenya, Uganda, and the Central African Republic, Check out our website, saltandlighttv.org. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Michael Marion, with Museum of Faith. Sunlight crying from windows, falling on paintings, Michelangelo, ceilings looking tired, dying on shoulders. The faithful that caught the wooden stone. Well, you know how his hands and his name forever gilded gold. Painted angels pray for our broken ones on a morning. Carnage and chaos, Michelangelo's throne Rising transfigured, twisting and turning Ravaging spirit into shape and form Museum of faith, frozen faces of grace Turn toward God's distant resting place Museum of faith Faded faces of grace Reach for innocence to embrace His avenging heart Releases time Muse of creation Draws the spiral line 
Marion with Museum of Faith, another of his uh, new singles. Now, I met Michael Marion about 12 years ago when we were doing a Catholic coffee house in Toronto. He's a talented singer and songwriter who is passionate about his faith. But as you can hear from his music, he's not one, at least in my opinion, that you would describe as a Catholic artist, although he is an artist and he is Catholic. Um, and I'm going to maybe ask him about that in a little bit. Michael has finally, after many years, he's sat down to record some of his songs, and we've been listening to them. And he's also looking to embark on a new adventure. And to tell us more about it, I am now joined live in the studio, Michael Marion. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you, Pedro. Glad to be here. So I was gonna. I always start by asking uh, our our songwriters <laughs> about growing up and their faith and stuff. But I know that Marion is not your real last name no you have a stage name what's up with that um i started uh, <clears throat> being a um, graphic artist and becoming you know the internet the evolution of the yeah. internet i knew in having kids yes i thought there's no way i'm putting my name up there okay it's a security thing right off the bat right okay. why do they need to know why right. does facebook need to know my last name okay right no that's fair so but marion i guess because of mary Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. We are Catholic. Yes, that's the connection. That was part of my uh, journey in, into becoming uh, authentically Catholic. Okay. I was born and I was baptized. And you were born. And, that's and, good. To know. And uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> manifested. Okay. No. Okay. So let me ask you about that. So you you grew up as a Catholic? Yeah, in a, in the suburbs, you know. Yeah. Okay. So that was like. And your home was your parents were was it a Catholic? regular Catholic family or was it sort of nominal My, my mother became more a person of faith later on. I mean... Yeah. I think she's... Yeah. Yeah. I guess like lots of people, she struggled with her faith. Right. Okay. And did you as a teenager, as a young adult, also struggle with your faith? Uh, only in confusion being... <laughs> like most teenagers, in, right? Yeah, it's like, what do you believe in? It's like... Okay, that's fair. I didn't meet anybody along the way that imparted upon me that they were a person of faith okay. and that it was evident or obvious. Right, so you didn't have that that experience of no. church in that sense. No, mentors didn't come until my teenage years. Oh, okay. So yeah. Late late. Teens, I should say. Early 20s, maybe? Yeah, early 20s, yeah. So then, so what changed? How do we end up, how do we go from that teenager, that early, early young adult, to Michael Marion? that you know like something happened in there yeah that was 
you know, my first two mentors were not Catholic okay. or Christian, really. One right. came from Indian, uh-huh. one came from okay. Poland. <laughs> and uh, But they taught me about methods of prayer, in a sense, and, okay. and uh, introspection, meditation. Uh-huh. And um, so, but when I was getting married, my one teacher, who's I call agnostic, probably. Sure. She thought, well, if I'm losing you to Catholicism. Okay, because you were getting married in the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then have this, and she handed me a rosary. Really? Which I thought was rather wise. Interesting or strange. but <laughs> Strange, interesting? I yeah. Thought, well, she wanted me to, to, be, to carry up forward in the meditation. Yeah, but in your, in, in your tradition. Yeah, and yeah. in her understanding, the rosary was the best doorway. Right. Interesting. So, so the, she let me go, and she walked me into the rosary. And so, would you say that the rosary then had a big, huge part in, okay. impact? Yeah, in, in in bringing you back to the faith. Yeah, it got so intense that I was afraid Mary was going to manifest in front of me, or angels, or something. <laughs> it got so intense that you changed your name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah. And that's when you know Jesus spoke to me. Right. Okay. So I couldn't put Jesus back in the bottle because there he was. That. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um, had you been not writing, that you'd want to? No. Had you been writing music all along? I had since uh, since I was um, I, you know, since I started playing guitar. I think the first day I wrote a song. Okay, and were you playing guitar? I like to play a, D. You know? <laughs> a song in D. Yeah. Were you playing? Were you uh, as a kid? You just picked it up, or did you to take lessons, or how did um, that happen? My. Yeah, I grew up almost more as a percussionist. My first drum kit was, oh, really? was mason jar lids and pots yeah, and pans. Really fun. But you couldn't have told me they weren't drums. Yeah, of course. <laughs> cool. The imagination of children. I is did so not profound. know you're a percussionist. So you're well, a that's where it started, and yeah. then um, and then uh, my brother got the guitar. I got uh-huh. the drums. Yeah, but I didn't play the drums anymore. <laughs> I just grabbed the guitar and then nice. I found home. And you just figured it out on your own i had one of those basic chord books you yeah know? yeah it's funny because i always thought your songs had all these strange chords that you well, obviously that's made up <laughs> a great point because i found a bookstore in cosmo music in richmond Hill. yeah 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 yes had this guy with a beard uh-huh. and about 50 guitars behind him yes i thought wow it's like a guru of guitar this guy yeah so I, I opened it up and it's these beautiful chords they weren't the typical d g, g standard yeah. forms they were all over the neck. Yes. And beautiful open tunings. And Yes. Uh, That's my other question. Yeah. And uh, I didn't discover until 10 years later that it was Andy Garcia. <laughs> no, but that's good. Because, or the Grateful Dead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. But you were, yeah. Um, Jerry Garcia. Oh, Jerry. Jerry. Sorry. sorry. Jerry Andy's Garcia. his brother. I was just going to say. I'm sure <laughs> Andy's a great guitar player too. Jerry Garcia. Um, so, yeah, I was going to ask you about the open tuning. Yeah, so you're, you're doing all these really interesting chords and stuff. I always love that about you because I was the, uh, the kind of musician that I hate to rehearse. But but with you, it's like you can't just follow you because I had no idea what chords you were playing. It's even harder now because it tuned down a whole time. Oh, my gosh. It's good. So it's good stuff. You're to play stuff. a D and you're hitting the wrong chord. Yeah, no, I, I like it. It's good. It's good. So when we met, you were doing this whole coffee house thing. Tell me yeah. about that and how that, what was the logic or your hope for the coffee house movement, the Catholic coffee house? Well, um, both my teachers brought people together. So we said uh-huh. sitting in circles was normal for me, uh-huh. whether it was it. 
a meditation like a circle sharing, or yeah. a sharing circle, a yeah. healing circle, whatever. Yeah. And I guess like rosary is kind of people would sit around in circles, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I and I was on the internet early, uh-huh. like when when people didn't even know, didn't even have an email, it was unusual to have right. an email. We're talking like not a long time ago, late early nineties, ninety two, you know. Yeah. And um, um, so when I wanted to create a web page for my um, my music, uh-huh. I just thought, so I'm a web page in, the, in, a, in a universe of a million stars. Who cares? Right. And so they come and find me, and then they surf away someplace else. So right. Wouldn't it be nice if I was a my I would be in a place that had a collection of artists? Right. Like a community. and that just grew. Yeah. Into yeah. a thousand artists. So, so coffee want. house. I mean, we had the physical coffee house, literally a coffee shop where people would come yeah. and have a drink and. Li- but then you had this online community that right. was coffee house. Yes, and it is. I think it still well, exists in the, some sense. The right? the point to me was not to get people away from each other, looking at screens, right? But to bring people together because of their screen. Right. So of having a venue and a website. And so I would watch people carry on conversations that started on the web or started at the venue nice. yeah. back and forth. Interesting. And some of the people I met for the first time, I would say, hi, Pat Kelly, how are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, and who are you? Yeah, I'm Michael Marion. Yeah, knew him, yeah. It, it was a place where everybody knew your name was actually really true, yeah. you know? Interesting, fun. Yeah. Now, what you're doing now with your, this, I've been calling it the new adventure, that you're, you, this journey that you're setting out on, it's kind of a similar idea, but but you're you're traveling. I that's what I had intended all along. Okay, was to go out and and harvest, yeah, you know, people, connections uh-huh. across the country, yeah, and just to have genuine connections to each place. Right. The thing I didn't like about MySpace or Facebook is that a million friends and and you can't it's, get a group yeah. together to pray or make no, music it's together because yeah. it's meaningless friends yeah. you know likes yeah. they're likes they're not friends yeah you yeah know? yeah not to say that that doesn't happen but right so the having the physical connection and at the same time not requiring the middleman of a record company yeah of course that really appealed to me. So that was the genesis of, ca- so, of Coffee House. Right. And it's is it the same idea also with, with the tour? Are you trying to connect with communities, yeah. let's say in Winnipeg? Uh, and shooting a documentary there. while I go, yeah. meeting people, yeah. but also doing church shows. Right. Where I could, you know, people want uh, to hear people singing about their faith experience. Right. And will you, so it's like a whole show. I know you're a digital computer kind of person, so you have motion graphics, motion yeah. graphics, double screen video. projector. Yeah. So it's not unlike what you would see in churches that have bands yeah. and the whole yeah. experience, the words appearing on screen. Right. And to use my visual skills to, to not distract, but to focus. Right. To help people to draw them in yeah. or to give them, I guess, I always like to, to, to give them another level of of depth, depth, I guess. It's not visual. just music. Yeah. So okay, good. Yeah. And so you're, I, I don't think you have a, a, a sale date yet. You're not. Uh, it's looking sale. January 15th, you know. Oh, good. Well, one of the things when you, you know, read your, your, your daily prayers is all the delays that happen. Uh-huh. And I would get frustrated. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe a gentle word sometimes for the delays that were coming because of other people right. or other organizations, and then actually seeing the wisdom mm-hmm. that was being delayed 
purposefully. Yeah, for a reason, yeah. Because there's something I needed to dig deeper, mm-hmm. prepare stronger. Right. Good. So all these songs, this, these three songs that we're hearing in the program today, and there's other songs, they're all part of this project, if I can call it. Yeah. Your multimedia project. And you're going to be touring, hopefully, across Canada. Yeah. See how far I, you get. I'm actually <clears throat> probably going to call it the Get High Tour. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm just blown away by by the the use of drugs and, uh-huh. and by kids today. Okay. How much it's far more prevalent and normal. Yeah. Kids are smoking at home, you know. Mm-hmm. The parents, well, parents are, are, yeah. are supporting it or they're joining them or, or not. I don't know. And part of this is to me is the ultimate get is to write a book at the same time called Get High. And it's about the ultimate high. Interesting. Jesus. And so that I'm not discounting anything or poo-pooing anything, but just really honestly talk about the highs, the different nice. highs. Interesting. I like that. I look forward to that book. That uh, Fundamentally, the best high, of course, is Absolutely. the cleanest high. Okay, cool. I like that. The, <laughs> the get, purest. The Get High Tour with Michael Marion. Okay, good. We're going to leave it there before we start getting phone calls of people wanting to get high. Um, He's promoting getting yeah, high. Absolutely. Jesus, Michael, yeah. this has been great. Thank you for coming in, and uh, um, it's good to see you. And always good to see you. Great to see you. You can find out more about Michael Marion and where he's going to be with his Get High Tour um, at michaelmarion.com. And that's, of course, Marion, like Mary, M-A-R-I-A-N, michaelmarion.com. Here now is Michael Marion with one of my favorite of his songs, New York. Head out on the highway with our expectations Unfamiliar faces, love and stranger places Into the night We take flight The border crossing takes us in a new direction We take another chance to make the connection Move inside New York in mind And emotion comes and goes It's just a light casting shadow To feel the hope and glory St. John the Divine In the Upper West Side The music and our voices rise so high and mighty The candles all aglow, our faces shine so brightly It's New Year's Eve And New York's in peace And emotion comes and goes It's just a light Shadows. I open up my heart and face to face the great unknown. And there's no reason why that I can't find. We're listening to Michael Marion with New York. And that will bring us to the end of our program this week. Remember that if you missed any part of this program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists or guests. 
Remember to send us your comments on what you've heard on this program. The best way to do it is through Facebook. Look for Deacon Pedro or on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. And dancing in my mind Two hearts are running while two souls are burning on fire As the sun goes in the cradle and the evening night Drips the New York sky And into love we die And emotion comes and goes It's just a light casting shadow Just work.